everyone. Welcome to this month's episode of Truly Twinning. We are excited to have our second guest of 2022 with us today, and I will let Kat introduce her. So Julia is joining us today, and I'm so excited to have her on this episode. I connected with Julia during quarantine in New York City in 2020. I found her on ClassPass as I was just looking for a way to get out of my apartment and get back into some kind of workout routine. And I learned that Julia is an expert in all things weightlifting, but also just moving, exercise, and getting into a really healthy routine. So I started working out with Julia in a playground on the Upper East Side. <laughs> that was the only thing that was open. That's all we could do at the time. Yeah. It's funny to think about and fast forward from, I guess, like spring 2020 today, I now weightlift with Julia. She has a really great business and community she's building. So Julia, I'll let you take it away. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Julia Falamis. I am a weightlifting coach. Um, my business is Tribe Strength Lab, and I provide education, programming, and coaching in the Olympic lifts. So if that's something, excuse the cameo that just happened. Oh, that's this is Nadia. She's my, my little baby. Cutie. Um, <laughs> going with it. Yeah. Um, so if you're not super familiar with weightlifting, the Olympic lifts are two competition lifts, the snatch and the clean and jerk. And a, a lot of times people think that that's like just squatting or deadlifting. And while that's part of the training program, um, those are not the primary movements that we focus on. So those are the teams that I manage. I manage a team in Manhattan called Spot Barbell. And I'm starting a small program in Queens. Um, and again, as Kat mentioned, I really started off, yes, baby, my career as a personal trainer and doing a lot of group fitness and kind of naturally migrated into the weightlifting space. Um, so I really try to take a holistic approach when it comes to both introducing the movements, but also keeping athletes active and healthy while doing what is actually a very um, demanding sport. Really cool. I find it fascinating because I think <laughs> are afraid to yeah. lift weights. And I know you're going to talk more about like sort of the mindset behind that yeah. and sort of getting your body to match up with your mind because you can do way more than, than you think. Um, but I just think there are so many women, especially entrepreneurs who maybe don't know how to get over that sort of mind body challenge so excited to hear sort of what you have to say and walk us through that and also yeah. you escape your everyday stresses and responsibilities because it really challenges you to like put your responsibilities aside because what I've learned in weightlifting is you if you're not focused on exactly what you're doing like you're screwed when you go to do the lift and usually there's like a hundred different things running through my mind when I'm working out with like everything I have to accomplish when I leave but it's not possible to do that in weightlifting <laughs> it's not possible to do that in weightlifting and I'm going to argue that it's it's not optimal to do that in anything else in life right yeah if you can learn how to stay completely present to what it is you're doing and and weightlifting is a, a physical manifestation of that um, but if you can learn how to like really hone yourself in and stay focused and stay present on whatever the task at hand is, you're going to have much more success at it. 
um, years ago when I first started off my, my fitness training journey, I used to be a uh, gymnastics coach when I was a teenager. I started off coaching when I was 15. And then at some point found myself doing a lot of yoga, got my yoga teaching cert. And I, even now to this day, find a lot of correlation between um, what we need to do in weightlifting and what you, what the objectives of yoga, of what yoga practice are, which is to combine your physical self with your mental and psychological self, because they're not separate. You're not two separate entities. And the better you can learn how to really work with yourself, the more success you're going to have in everything. Yeah. yeah. No, that, makes, that makes sense. We were both gymnasts growing up, right? Sam? Yes. Sam was a with gymnast, actually. No, I was not. Kat, you were the gymnast. I was the horseback rider. You um, did rhythmic gymnastics. I did. It was like Don't a joke. Don't sell yourself short. It was a joke that I did it. So. No, no. But I think a lot of that is, you know, the things that you learn as an athlete, as a kid, sometimes we just forget as an adult because you have all these other pressures that kind of pile up. You have responsibilities to your business. You have responsibility to your family, to your partners, whatnot. And a lot of times we lose the ability to really focus on ourselves. And even when we're doing things for ourselves, they oftentimes are superficial, right? I see that a lot with, I still coach CrossFit here and there with kind of general adult gen pop fitness is that people are really looking to be checked out and there's a time and a place for that right if what you're trying to do is give yourself a few moments to um, step away from all the stressors of your life there is value in that Mm -hmm. but in a sport like weightlifting that doesn't work you have to be incredibly checked in so I a lot of times I'll talk to my athletes and you say okay well it, where are you in your headspace today? And if it's just too much to try to really focus on these incredibly technical movements, let's give you something that's a little bit more um, simple in terms of the degree of focus. So we might just squat, we might just deadlift, we might do some bodybuilding, right? There's still ways to get it in and be productive in your session. But I understand that working with adults, not every day is going to be their most um, psychologically present, right? That they're going to have other things on their plate. So I think that comes in the coach athlete relationship, right? Being able to clearly communicate as an athlete, right? Like, Hey coach, I'm really fried. I've got a big deadline coming up or I've got this big project I'm working on. I just, uh, it's not in my bandwidth to do this today. And that's okay. You still show up. You're part of a community. You're getting supported. We will find something for you to do that you can be successful at that day. Yeah. So true. And what is hard? (laughs) Yeah. Be your biggest piece of advice for someone who maybe was actively going to a gym pre-COVID and now as things start to um, open back up and people are more comfortable going out, like how, what is your best advice for someone who hasn't been doing it for the past year plus, but would like to get back into it? Totally. Uh, I think start small first and foremost, anytime we're trying to build new habits, if you start with really, really big end goals in mind, a lot of times you're going to find yourself feeling overwhelmed, or maybe you start thinking, oh, I need to to work out five days a week. And then the minute that, you know, you can't make that fifth day, you start feeling like you failed at something. Start really, really small, build good, consistent habits. Um, That way you can always add on, but it's harder to take it away once you've Mm -hmm. already kind of set yourself up to a particular expectation. Um, The other thing that I would say is find a support system, ask around. I, ClassPass was such a, a 
fortuitous thing in that moment. They did something really brilliant, which was opened up the platform to individual trainers as opposed to just businesses during a time of when we were shut down for COVID. And I think it just created an opportunity for a lot of independent coaches to put themselves out there in a different way and find people that may not have known about them before. Right. Um, so definitely do some research. And I find that the best thing is just word of mouth. Um, the, the trickiest part about this business is that there is no systematic entry point. So it's not like, you know, you have to go to a doctor, you get referred to one or they show up on your insurance or, you know, they have a practice. Like there's legitimate ways to find practitioners in fitness you have no idea, right? Unless somebody has an established reputation or, you know, they've, they've created a brand for themselves. It's really hard to know who's legitimate, who knows their stuff and who's just kind of a trainer, <laughs> not to poop on anybody. Cause I was there too, but you know, you've got to do a little bit of, of um, background. What do you say to people? Cause I think I struggled with this a lot who, are intimidated or already have the wrong perception about CrossFit because I know a lot of your a lot of your teams that you're building I I know that you now have a team in Queens if it's going to be at another CrossFit like how someone who's completely afraid of going or is new what would your advice be to them and maybe how they're wrong and like that perception Mm -hmm. people have as CrossFit is being like really intense or like only doing crazy lifts because that was kind of my perception at first oh, I still you know kind yeah. of only because I've had friends who have like hurt themselves and stuff and it's not CrossFit's fault it could have been like the gym they went to was maybe too intense but I, I think you are really stumbling onto an incredibly important talking point which is not just because they're a CrossFit affiliate doesn't mean they're all the same it really comes down to what the individual business owner is like, what their priorities are in terms of running a business, but also in terms of the type of, of coaching they staff. Um, it largely depends on the caliber of coaches. Because again, one of the big issues that we run into at CrossFit is that in order to say you are a CrossFit coach, you take a weekend cert. Wow. You, pay, you pay your money, you take a cert for a weekend and voila, you're technically certified to be coaching CrossFit, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. So that's why I say, you know, the, the negative experiences that people have had with CrossFit are largely because they haven't necessarily done the research first Mm -hmm. because not every gym is created equal. Um, what I will say is, you know, for us, for me in New York is that oftentimes if you're looking for any kind of weightlifting program, most of the time it's going to be housed in a CrossFit gym because of the space limitations, because of the equipment necessities, right? Like we need to be able to drop weight. We need to be able to have sufficient space to perform the movement safely. Um, so I wouldn't say that like stay away from CrossFit gyms, but just go in and observe, right? See if you can watch a class. How proactive is the coach? There are definitely coaches who just like stand in the corner and yell at people. And then there's coaches who are actively coaching. They're building relationships. They're teaching stuff. You know, I think you just have to, talk to the other athletes, 
see what their experience has been, see if there's, you know, if they're connecting with the coaches, if they've gotten better, if they've stayed healthy, right? Those are all really important benchmarks. Um, look at look at their social media. What kind of movements are you seeing portrayed uh, publicly, right? Because there's some places that don't care. They just want to flash intensity. And there's some athletes who just want intensity. And there's some places that really pride themselves on the product of, of people they're producing. Um, so I, I think there's no need to run away from anything, but like anything else, the more informed you could be about who your coaches are, who your community is, the, the more likely you are to have a really great outcome. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Cause I sometimes wouldn't even take the time to like do a ton of research, to be honest. Like yeah. if I go to a gym and I like the people there, usually I feel comfortable and it just is what it is, but you just never know with these extreme or more intense lifts who yeah. knowledge they have. And I think that's, that's been a, a really big part of my motivation be to, uh, behind having a bigger online presence is um, there just has to be more accountability for, for myself, but also for other coaches, right? Like if I'm making an effort to show up and show, the way I speak to my athletes, the type of, of information I give them, the type of coaching I provide, it allows you, the consumer, to have a better understanding of, well, what does good coaching look like and what is maybe subpar coaching? Because you're right, most people are not going to do the research in terms of like, they're not going to email the gym, they're not going to ask, they're not going to know what questions to ask. They're just going to be like, what are your rates? <laughs> Because that's, that's normally the first thing that people think about. Um, yeah. What are your rates? What are your schedules? And those are all really valuable, right? Like I understand that that goes into the decision-making process. Um, but the easiest thing you could do is open up Instagram and be like, oh, do I like the stuff that they're putting out? Right. Uh, because if that's the, the most research you're going to do, then it is my job as a coach and as an entrepreneur to be able to show you what you're looking for. Yeah. No, totally. It's like going to our pages and the businesses that we're in and travel and real estate. Yeah. People have to see us talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't know that you're there, if you don't know that you exist, they're not going to look for you. And then even if they know you exist, they're not going to be able to compare you to the neighbor down the street if they have nothing to base it on. Yeah. Right. And then just another question going off of what I asked before about someone who maybe had a good fitness routine, including weightlifting and then fell out, mm. you know, I guess what sorts of habits or things can they do to help get back into it? Like, I know you talked about starting small, um, yeah. but what do you think like the first couple weeks or month would look like for someone who's, you know, once they found the right place, I guess, if we start there. Yeah. I think, um, one, get clear on what your goals are. I think that goes, whether you're a business owner or not, right? If you don't know what you want to accomplish, you're not going to know what kind of steps to take. So let's imagine that you have some clarity on what you want to do with your fitness. Is it, do you want to get really strong? Do you want to compete in a sport? Do you want to lose some weight, right? All those kinds of things are going to influence what you do, then come up with a reasonable schedule, right? When I say start small, when Kat joined, I was like, we meet three days a week, come in twice. Yeah. Start there. You know, like if your schedule is not going to permit you to be consistent on that third day, don't worry about it. 
come in twice a week. We'll make it work. You will get it done. So I think all that kind of stuff is like, mm-hmm. make it so that you cannot fall off the bandwagon. Put it in a time of day and put it on a day that no matter what, you're going to be able to make it work. And I think even when Kat travels, she's like, well, this is now just part of my routine because we've built that in for so long that she stays consistent with her training even when she's away, right? Mm -hmm. So finding that community, having a plan, understanding what your goals are, minimum effective dose, right? Like what's the least amount you can do that will keep you consistent. Um, And then the one thing I would say is everybody focuses on the work, right? What am I going to do for my training? How many calories am I going to burn? But nobody really thinks about the recovery, which is everything in between, right? It's your sleep quality. It's your nutrition. It's your hydration. It's the way you manage your stress, right? Especially if you work a really high stress job, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to find ways that work for you to unwind because Mm -hmm. if you're going to bed with those stressors, chances are you're going to have really restless sleep. Chances are you're going to be really tired the next morning. Chances are you're going to be too tired to get to the gym. Right. So it just becomes this, this cyclical thing that um, it's it's really about like, well, what's the little pieces that I can do that I can keep putting together? And then eventually that turns into a big thing. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It's like I am more of a morning person and that's when I like to get up and just start the day. So I forever, besides during the pandemic, when it fell off a little bit, because I lost the place I was going to the gym regularly. And then we got a Peloton and that solves some problems. But I feel like I've been able now to consistently get up in the morning. And if I'm working out that day, get it done. Because if I don't get a morning person, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just every day. I'm blowing up. Are you a person, Kat? No. No. Julia now has 10 a.m. I'm going I'm doing a 10 a.m. No questions asked. And that's your perfect time of day. My perfect time of day to work out is seven. Oh, here you go. But no. Kat, like, no. It's it's so funny. Everything you just said is probably what we say to all of our consultants we onboard when they're business planning it's like don't whatever you a cadence that you can commit to for all activities just pick it and stick with it yeah the the biggest thing is you don't want to set yourself up for failure right and it's always easier to continue growing than it is to hit that first hurdle and feel defeated um so that's something that I'm, i'm really adamant about in my athletes is like yes we have athletes who are high level competitors, they're not going to be the same as somebody who's just coming in to like get their fitness in a couple of days a week. We've got different goals. We've got different bandwidths and parameters. So it's be honest with yourself and don't compare yourself to anybody else. That actually is a good segue. Cause I was going to ask you that how, I guess, how do you manage all of the different kinds of athletes you work with? Because it is a pretty wide range. Like I know yeah. When I compare, you just told me not to compare, but I can clearly see, and yeah. I, it doesn't stress me out at all, but there's people that you're working with that are competing and that's even more pressure on you because they need your attention because they're competing at a higher level than someone like me, where yeah. this is more of like a hobby for me. It's helping me get into better shape and be stronger. So that's really yeah. that's a lot for you. To manage for your business, right? 
I think the biggest thing, and, and this was a, a structural change that I made um, about a year ago, actually, when we, when I moved, I moved back to Queens and um, the training schedule changed for the gym. And I made a really, it was a little bit of negotiation with the gym owner, but I said, I, if this is going to work, I need to run it a different way because the way the program ran before was, it was just kind of like an open level class where people could jump in. And I had those more experienced lifters, but they were following the same kind of program as somebody who was brand new and vice versa. And that's not appropriate. So now what I do is uh, the athletes that are, the training to compete, have their own program. Yeah. Athletes yeah. that are brand new, I will do an onboarding session and an assessment with them beforehand. And then I have a basically like four month uh, intro and beginners program. And then I just kind of figure out like, where can they fit in this? Yeah. Do they have some yeah. experience and they can start closer towards the end of that? Or are they really brand new and we just need to start at them at the beginning? So figuring out the appropriate program for each person, um, especially when they're new and they're coming in, it is really important. The other thing I would say is with those more experienced lifters, yes, they're competing and yes, they require attention, but not all the time, right? They're also incredibly self-sufficient. Yeah. So unless like we have a team going um, to a national meet in a couple of weeks, they're getting a lot of my attention now. Yeah. But after this is done, they're not going to get much of my attention, you yeah. know, because they're going to be at a different phase. They're going to need, they're going to physically need a break. To recover. Um, so yeah. exactly. So they're going to be doing super fun bodybuilding stuff for a while. Um, so it just, it undulates a little bit. And sometimes yeah. some people will get more attention and sometimes other people will get more attention and in doing so, I think everybody learns how to advocate for themselves and how to become really self-sufficient, right? They're like, oh, well, I know what this movement is. I can do it. And when I have a question, I will ask. Yeah. Which is the way it works best. Yeah. And Kat, when are you going to do some weightlifting competitions? Yeah, Kat. You're, that was Julia loved that you asked that. <laughs> you give me, you and dad give me crap now that I started horseback riding again that I'm going to compete. So heats on you too. Oh, the weightlifting competitions scare me. I know. My chiropractor here in Denver, um, Dr. Taylor, she is preparing for some sort of competition. And I only just found out because she was drinking some like odd. <laughs> Probably not that odd, Sam. No, it's, it was, she was drinking like what I thought was athletic greens, you know, that like green yeah. powder, yeah. but now, but she was actually like, no, this is just like spinach and other greens, like chopped up, like in water because oh. she has like a very strict diet now for what wow. she's doing. Like she basically eats the plainest stuff until after this competition. <laughs> Um, so it may be the, the meet that we're going to is at the Arnold sports and fitness festival. And there's going to be, obviously there's a weightlifting component to it, but there's also like a bodybuilding figure competition, um, wow. which is generally, you're going to see those guys on very, very strict diets. There's a strongman competition. There's powerlifting competition. So it's a really like yeah, all encompassing, mm -hmm, uh, strength sport expo competition it's, thing. I have so much respect for the people that like, I know we work out with Julia that go to my that are competing Sam this is like one of the hardest if not the oh, hardest sport like my mind was blown that Taylor Dr. Taylor is doing a competition because her 
fiance prospect coach and um has a lot of different certifications and has done I think she's done competitions or coached other people um Mm -hmm. and so and I didn't know Taylor was that into it so I was like whoa you're what (laughs) but it's cool yes yeah it's this takes a it's there's so much skill involved in it that's where I am just still so shocked by that like Mm. when we were working out one-on-one Julia and just doing weights but not like these kinds of lifts and I saw people on your Instagram doing cleans and snatches I was like "Hmm, that looks kind of (laughs) easy I can do that yeah I was like no baby I can do that oh my god and then you actually get everything like the bar in your hand you're like yeah it's so technical yeah it's but you can so- do it and we just break it down right like little yeah. bite-sized pieces and then you just add on did yeah, you start no, with that's- really started cat was not using a bar but different types of weight now and progressed to a bar did you start just with the bar without other weight on it no you can do i mean i could do the bar right yeah and we have technique bars right like you don't have to start with a full-size bar there's lots of different entry points but yeah we started with just like let's learn to overhead squat yeah before we learn to snatch right which is a game changer even totally just doing an overhead squat which I had never done until I met you that is so hard it's almost shocking no one ever told me to do that Mm. do you know what I mean it's not yeah yeah that isn't anything advanced but I've never been told by any trainer to like really focus on like an overhead like that and then you do it and you're like this is so hard and it shouldn't be overhead is really hard I struggle to do any like whenever I'm in any class for weightlifting at my gym now and and you have to do like a squat with anything over your head like I struggle way more to do a squat loaded with yeah 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 here it's so hard it's it's the most uh demanding in terms of flexibility in terms of stability right literally your whole body is working you've got your shoulders you've got your core you've got your hips like everything is working um and it's normally we're so used to doing like segmented things like i'm gonna do a chest day and i'm gonna do a leg day and it's really about learning how to move your whole body as one unit right and then just one last thing from me before we wrap up i I think it's really interesting as you talk about recovery and sort of like the Mm -hmm. full wellness picture, because I think a lot of people too, especially entrepreneurs like Kat and yourself and uh, myself struggle with being present. And so if you're going to dedicate the time to be in the gym, like you said, you need to focus a lot of the moves you're doing. If you're doing strength training are technical. Um, But I think what is your, I guess, piece of advice for mindset or being present so that you get the most out of, you know, why you're at the gym? Uh, one, put your phone on airplane mode. <laughs> Just That's like really try idea. to eliminate distractions as much as possible. Um, I find I have to do this when I train because I'm so like connected all the time that I'm either responding to an athlete or I'm doing this. And I'm like, actually, I'm here for me. This is my time. So um, that's, that's my biggest, like very quick tip. Like mm-hmm. doesn't require any thought, but put your phone away, put it on airplane mode. Um, and then I would say have a way of keeping track of your training. Um, so I provide training through an app service. That way everything's written 
but you can go old school pen and paper and just write it down in a journal, but having some kind of way to keep track of what you're doing so that it's never arbitrary. It's never like, I'm just going to make it up as I go. Mm -hmm. Um, that reminds you that you have a plan and it helps keep you, um, able to manage your time. Right. Cause you're like, okay, I have this much work. I know I have this much time. It allows you to manage your time a little bit better and really stay focused on what you're doing. No, I think that's, that's helpful. I definitely use the, the tip of, you know, putting yourself on airplane mode or something. I use now that Apple has all the do not disturb functions mm-hmm. for of day. I just, I don't go off. Do not disturb until after my workout in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. I should do that, but I don't. <laughs> but you I really remind you. It's harder to do that at 10 AM, but you can just go back on do yeah. not disturb when you're there. Kat. No, I, yeah. I should be able to do that at any time. Really? Yeah. Like, it's an hour. People so can I should, do an hour. Yeah, I should do it, but I do not. So <laughs> that's my. Now I'm going to ask you next time I see you in the gym. I'm like, Kat, how's, what's up with your phone? But you know <laughs> what? Doing I right also now? need to download the app. Like, I don't know why I do this. I use it as a web browser. I don't have the app. But <laughs> for your training, and- <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> and it's like so ridiculous when I do that but I only use like the web browser and I tell myself like oh it's so much easier this way I have so many apps on my phone not easier <laughs> at Holly, all Julia's so pissed <laughs> I just think it's funny I did I never knew that if you're, I, yeah. if you're getting what you need to done you know do no, done but now if I download the app I could put my phone on airplane I can't with the web browser oh I see I see See what I'm saying go yeah yes I get it now well I vote that when Sam visits me in New York City she's gonna have to come do a Olympic blitz with me come visit I'll come Kat I'm not gonna do the (laughs) some of them I don't do regularly but some of them I do at the gym not always with a barbell but yeah you're not doing them trust me you'll when you meet oh Julia, gosh. you'll start doing them. <laughs> and snatches and loaded. And dumbbells, it doesn't count. No, but I've done them with bars. It's just oh, the gym okay. I go to every week or they do two, they do routines that on Tuesday and Thursday, the first week is something. And then the next week is a progression and then it changes. So mm-hmm. we're every week is not focused on barbells necessarily. Yeah. It's just different. It's just different. I don't Love aspire it. to Olympic lift, Kat. We have different goals. Uh, I, I would either. I'm going to get Kat to compete. Don't worry. Yeah, she doesn't I will know. to compete. You know, dad will lose his mind. Kat, he'll lose his Julia, mind. Julia, my dad's already been pressuring me to be. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> when I have he, dates on the calendar. He knows. <laughs> He knows every, when I lift with you, when I was in Arizona, I remember I went to cross yeah. every time I lift now, he goes, do we have any world records? Any, <laughs> any world records? What, what are we breaking today? I'm like, no world records yet, dad. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but Julia, before we go, yeah. why don't you just share where people can connect with you and you know, ask any questions they have or just find more information about what you offer. 
Yeah, totally. So probably the easiest is going to be on Instagram. I'm pretty active on that. It's J Falamas, F-A-L-A-M-A-S. Um, or you can go to my website where I'll have like, if you're local in New York, clinics, um, any kind of events, things like that. It's www.juliafalamis.com. Simple. Awesome. Yay. And we'll make sure to tag you and everything so people can easily find your awesome. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, Julia. This was super helpful and I'm sure it will inspire other female entrepreneurs as well. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. All right, ladies. Thank you so much. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. I'll see you soon. Bye.